Section 10 of Birds and Nature, Volume 9, Number 2, February 1901. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tavarish. The Geographical Distribution of Birds What do we mean by the geographical distribution of birds? Are not birds to be found everywhere, over both land and sea? Are they not then universally distributed? As a class, they certainly are, but not as species, nor even orders. Parrots are not found in frigid regions, nor are snowflakes or snowy owls found in the tropical regions. Our wood warblers and vireos are not found outside of America, while there are no birds of paradise anywhere in America. We shall see that most of the birds found in the eastern hemisphere differ from those found in the western, speaking broadly, but that many of the island birds are different from birds of continents. Since most birds migrate shorter or longer distances in search of a place to rear their young, and return again to warmer regions to pass the winter months, the question at once arises, what is the geographical distribution of such migratory birds? That is not so difficult as it may seem at first glance. We have only to inquire what governs the movements of the species in question in such a way that its appearance at certain places at certain known times may be confidently expected. The study of migration and breeding has shown that the impulse to move northward in the spring to the old nesting places where the young are reared, is more reliable than the impulse to move southward on the approach of cold. The birds are more certain to appear at their old summer homes in spring than they are to be found at any particular place during the winter. But if there be any objection to this view, it will yet remain true that where a bird rears its young, should more properly be called its home than the place to which it is forced by the approach of cold or the lack of food. In either case, therefore, we may regard the home of the bird and therefore treat its distribution geographically as the place where it habitually rears its young. Having settled the question as to what shall determine the distribution of the separate species, it remains to study the physical conditions of the earth for the sake of finding what it is that determines the limits to which the different species may go. We know that the distribution of land and water over the earth has not always been the same as it is now, but that many places that are now covered with water were once dry land, and that in many places where there is now land there used to be water. Now America is wholly separated from Euro-Asia Africa, but once they were connected together by a broad neck of land where Bering Sea now lies, and there may have been another neck of land connecting Europe with Iceland and Greenland, and so with North America. Now Australia and New Zealand are wholly separated from all other lands, but they were not so long ago. So of the larger islands in general they have not always been isolated as now, but connected with great land masses. 
sharing with them the animals which roamed over the whole vast regions for in the earlier times before man had appeared upon earth before the great glacial period the whole earth was tropical in climate making it possible for plants as well as animals to live anywhere upon the earth as they cannot now then extensive migrations north and south were not necessary but instead there were roamings about in all directions or great invasions of new regions by hosts of animals of one kind as the land sank away here and there and the sea covered it barriers were thus formed to further roamings except by the birds of strong flight or animals that could swim long distances and there could no longer be an intermingling of the animals of the whole land surface of the world since all animals are inclined to change somewhat to meet or keep pace with the changes that are going on in vegetation and the general physical conditions of the earth those that have been separated in this way will grow more and more unlike in some such isolated regions there may not be much change in their environment and so they will change but little if at all and so will not keep pace with those in other regions where life is a constant struggle with others for supremacy it is just as true in the natural world as in the commercial that competition is necessary for the highest development it is probably true that the disturbances which caused the land to sink in places and so disconnect what had been connected lands possibly a splitting up of one great flat land mass also brought about the changes which made out of one great tropical world the one that we know with its frigid temperate and tropical zones so that just at the time when the animals of the different regions were separated from each other forever there came these changes in physical conditions which would make them change to meet the new conditions but that is a long story for the geologist to tell of course the sinking of the land in different regions occurred at different times probably thousands of years apart in many cases and the changes from tropical to temperate and frigid must have been very gradual also or there would have been no animals left alive in the northern or southern regions only those near the equator could have lived probably new zealand was the first considerable landmass to be separated absolutely and for all time from all other land because here we find the lowest type of birds and lower animals there are no terrestrial indigenous mammals even such birds as were not able to fly across the now wide stretches of ocean did not continue to develop rapidly because there was little change in their environment and because there was little or no competition with other similar forms so today we find them either very similar to what they were when their island home was made an island home or else even degenerated into flightless creatures australia seems to have been the next tract of land cut off for here too we meet with the lower forms which 
show the lack of the keen competition which their relatives further north had to sustain when north america was cut off from siberia marking the close of more or less extensive interchange of communication of the animals of both regions there was little difference in their animal life but following this separation there came about a more rapid change in the orient than in the occident it may not be quite clear why this was so but that it was cannot be doubted for some of the lower forms of animals which still inhabit america have been completely destroyed in the orient at the time of their separation these forms were found in both places what seems a probable explanation of this more rapid change in the orient may be briefly stated the configuration of the orient is such that animals would have a far greater range east and west than north and south a great mountain range and a great desert are thrown as barriers across the way of the northward and southward movement in america there is a continuous gateway to the north and south but barriers to an eastward or westward movement with such creatures as the birds freedom to move north and south would always lessen competition while the crowding of one group or race upon another eastward or westward would increase the competition but geology tells us that in the orient such westward invasions have actually occurred causing the death of the less hardy forms and the modification of all forms of animal life it must not be understood from what has been said that all the animals especially the birds found in any one country or island are different from the birds found in all others for that is not true there are many species of birds that are found practically all over the earth but what is true is that each country or region of any considerable extent or group of oceanic islands has some species which are not found anywhere else in the world from what has already been said it will be clear that the world may be divided into several different regions according to the animals which are peculiar to the different ones following newton's system because it seems the most logical at least so far as the birds are concerned we have first the new zealand region here we find the flightless apteryx and a flightless goose now extinct also the extinct moa there are also peculiar forms among the shore birds the birds of prey the parrots and some rather curiously constituted passerine birds there have been several species introduced in relatively recent times some of which already show signs of change the australian region is but slightly connected with the preceding the line separating this region from the indian passes between the islands of bali and lombok through the strait of Makassar, between borneo and celebes thence northward between the philippines and sanguir and pilu including further on the ladrones hawaiians 
all of polynesia except the northern outliers of the new zealand group and finally sweeping back to encompass australia here we find the curious egg-laying mammal ornithorhynchus but to pass at once to the birds here we find such peculiar forms as the megapodes cassowaries sun-bitterns birds of paradise lyre-birds and many not so familiar of the higher birds there are but few compared with europe or america it is evidently a continent which has long been separated from the rest of the world the neotropical region includes broadly tropical america the forms found here bear certain resemblances to those found in the two regions already discussed but this resemblance is probably rather because they are low in the scale of development than that there has ever been any direct land connection between them much the same conditions of life must have prevailed for all thus making the rate of development nearly equal here we find the rare tinamu and hoaktin which show low grade but mingling freely with them the higher forms which seem to have come down from the north later and all but crowded out these lower ones there is abundant evidence that the struggle for existence in south america has been far less severe than in north america the whole arctic region as the name implies includes all of north america europe asia north of india and the himalaya mountains northern africa where the great sahara forms the natural boundary and all islands belonging to the north temperate and north frigid zones many have divided this great belt into palearctic and nearctic but the intermingling of species between northeast siberia and alaska seems to make such a distinction impracticable but these distinctions should be and are retained in the divisions of the whole arctic when we understand that at least one-third of the species found in the nearctic are also found in the palearctic we shall understand why these two are grouped under one region there are no orders and there seem to be no families which are found in the whole arctic and nowhere else indeed it is difficult to find even genera which do not have some species ranging into the neotropical ethiopian or indian but among the species we find many indeed there are few species which nest in both the whole arctic and the regions bounding it on the south and many of these are found only on the southern boundaries of the whole arctic in our part of the whole arctic that is the nearctic the familiar birds about us do not nest also in the tropical regions the ethiopian region as the name suggests includes the whole of africa except that portion north of the sahara desert and arabia and egypt with madagascar and other islands in the immediate vicinity it seems hardly necessary to even mention the forms that are peculiar to this peculiar region even the word africa 
brings trooping to our minds a whole continent of peculiarities in more realms than one here we find the ostrich the plantain eaters the collies and several other families nine in all of the lower group there are the rollers bee-eaters hornbills the curious secretary bird and many others it is significant that among the passerine birds there are but three families that are peculiar so on the whole this region has not developed so rapidly as the holarctic there has not been the immense struggle for supremacy here which we see in the north temperate and higher regions the indian region completes the list broadly speaking this region comprises that part of asia which lies east of the indus river south of the himalaya mountains except the eastern half of the drainage basin of the yangtze kiang river reaching the coast just south of shanghai including the island of formosa the philippines borneo java sumatra and ceylon this is the oriental region of wallace there are apparently but two families of birds peculiar to this region the bulbuls and the broadbills but there are very many genera and species found nowhere else in the world the king crows sunbirds swallow shrikes argus pheasant jungle fowl and the well-known peacocks belong here very many of the birds of this region are gaudily colored and striking in appearance each of these great regions except possibly new zealand are readily divisible into sub-regions and these again into areas of lesser extent until each fauna may be assigned its proper place thus in the whole arctic region we recognize the Nearctic, which comprises about all of north america and the palearctic sub-region the outlines of which have already been sketched within the nearctic three minor regions are recognized the arctic includes that part of the continent and its adjacent islands north of about the limit of forest vegetation allen that is extreme northern and northwestern alaska sweeping southeasterly through british america to and including hudson bay northern and northeastern labrador and northern newfoundland the cold temperate which lies next south begins in the east near quebec then sweeps westward past the great lakes almost to winnipeg thence in a northwesterly direction just west of lake winnipeg from there in a more westerly direction to the mountains which it follows even into northern mexico as a narrow line from the west coast at the north end of vancouver island it runs east to the mountains maine and nova scotia are a part of the allegheny belt which reaches to alabama below the southern limit of the cold temperate lies the warm temperate extending almost to central america but this is again subdivided into an eastern humid province which ends at the plains and a western arid province 
these are again subdivided into an Appalachian subprovince and an Austroriparian subprovince for the humid province, and a Sonoran and Campestrian subprovince for the arid province. But the boundaries of these minor subdivisions are not yet definitely settled, nor are the characteristic species in each finally decided upon, so it will not be profitable to carry our investigation further at this time. We learn from this that when we find that one region, be it large or small, is unlike every other region in some particulars of climate or vegetation or temperature, or when it is not easily accessible from other regions, we may expect to find the animals somewhat different according to the conditions which prevail. From this, it is a clear step to the truth that an animal's environment exerts a considerable influence upon its life and through its life upon its form, changing the form in some particulars that make it different from all other animals. It is also true of plants. Since then, there are different physical conditions in every country of any considerable size, these changes in plants and animals are going on now, but so slowly that we are not able to see them. At the end of another thousand years or longer, the species of birds which we now know may be so changed that we should not know them if we could see them. But that need not worry us. Lynn's Jones End of section 10